0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings,
1: one of my mentors sat down with me. He's golf nut. He actually kind of knew about the concept, and I talked to him. I showed some concepts. Super nice, super gracious. He just looked at me and smiled. He goes, "This is great, but this is really not some place I can go see myself." So that's that's a nice way of saying your place sucks. I'm in the
0: What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. Gathering the Kings podcast. We are back. On the King stage here, Billy Brown is joining me here today, my brother Billy. How we doing,
1: man? Doing fantastic, man. Yeah, so excited to be here. So excited to actually had this time together with the uh, fellow King and uh, yeah, I, I was I'm I'm ready, man. Let's go.
0: That's good, man. Well, so I want to give you some opportunity here to share your story, but I can already tell I'm going to just give this to the listener real quick. This is going to be a electrifying conversation. Billy and I, even just in the last five minutes, have been like sparring about just great business stuff. And I'm like, okay, let me hit the recording button. <laughs> so this is going to be a really fun conversation. Billy, tell us what kind of business that you have first.
1: Well, I'm one of those unicorns. So I've done a little bit of everything. And if you, when you hear my story, you're like, that is like the most ADD thing I've ever heard yeah. until you actually hear the story. And you'll see the alignment of everything that, that I've done. Right. I equate it to so if everyone's like, watch the, the movie Slumdog Millionaire. Yes. You know, at the very end, everything lines up at the end, going, Oh my gosh, his entire life lined up to this point. And that's what I'm sitting in now. So that's the the hope I want to give and the encouragement to give your listeners. So my original background is actually on golf. And that led into being broke
0: <laughs> and
1: very broken. And and almost a re try to reemerge this on the scene in two thousand eight. And you know what happened in two thousand eight. And then my I got into mortgages, residence mortgages, which led me into absolute depression. And led me to getting into commercial lending. Te- now teaching that, all that's kind of what most people know me for in the real estate world is, is being a very creative lender and also syndicator. So we syndicated an apartment complex and office complex. And then I got this crazy idea for the golf sanctuary, which yeah. is everything that you can possibly imagine as far as life and alignment and all that. We'll go into that detail soon. But you actually I created an and in my life instead of end. And we'll get to that in a second. But wow. uh, it's it's pretty amazing what's what happens when you take those steps and we did us all that in the middle of covid
0: wow there you just you just led us to a huge cliff and then left us there and so i want to unpack some of this and obviously give you a chance to tell the story but tell us what the golf sanctuary is does what do you do how can people do
1: work with you like what do you got what do you got so the golf sanctuary if, and i tell people this all the time so if you walk in the golf sanctuary. And all you see is golf. You completely miss what we did. So the golf sanctuary is a, a community. So we create a community for affluent business leaders and our families around an elevated culinary experience and a game we mostly love. Wow, I it's love like that. Golf is just the common language. Yeah. It's about community and diving deeper community. And then also through that, creating, if you ever heard the, word, the term, parallel polys, yes. parallel society. We all do, we, you do masterminds, I've done masterminds, I've created my mastermind, I've been in several. Yeah. The entire idea of that mastermind and that alignment of like-minded men, leaders, women, leaders is there. So now we have a a, a group, of community of everything we possibly need in one building, one membership. And then as we yeah. grow, it's different locations, it's all there. So the things that get that alignment of I'm not going to share the whole thing right now or out the bat, but the whole alignment of, we have these little silos of our lives. We think if we're doing one, we're taking away from the other one. If I'm yeah. playing golf, I'm taking away from my family. That's if, right. I, if I'm with my family, I'm taking away from my business. If I'm business, I'm taking away from my spiritual relationship and right. all that. And it wasn't until I aligned everything for a different direction and said, oh my gosh, this is how you got do it. that everything fill in a place where like, it's all right there. So when I'm doing one, I'm doing the other and and glorifying everything else. Yeah. So we did the all sanctuary. Everybody can participate in that as far as the community.
0: Yeah. I, like you said, we'll get more into maybe the, uh, the depths of that, but what you're talking about is huge and it's what I call work life obsession. And we're going to get to some, some of these questions that I have asked hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs but given your background i already know we're going to be in alignment but i'm going to be curious to see what language that you use and so the first question that i ask every guest is always their why but really the kind of the way i position it is the burning desire and so you've kind of given us this like quick snapshot of i've been involved with a lot of things what i'm doing now is maybe like a culmination of of purpose and this and that and it brings people together and it's like all these things but for you, what's the burning desire for Billy? Like, what, what is the bigger picture? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing life?
1: Man, I tell you what, I'm going to give the shallow answer, and then I want to give you the bigger answer. So the shallow okay. answer is, I did it because I wanted to play more golf. Yeah. Really, quite honestly, I wanted to play more golf and I feel guilty about it. We coined this term about golf guilt. I mean, I used to play professional yeah. golf. I used to play <laughs> four or five times a week, and then I went down to four or five times a month, and then four or five times a year, and then nothing. And when that is your passion and that gives you your community and it's taken away because of guilt, family, all that, right. like you left like a shallow of a man. Billy, you gave us the, the shallow answer, but, but what's the not so shallow answer? I know the shallow answer is more golf, but Hey, yeah, I mean, everybody's got that passion, but the, 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 in-depth answer was, you know, we're in Nashville, Nashville songwriters. used just think about the muse when the muse strikes. And you get that download from an infinite intelligence from God about a a song, you just stop. Well, this is something that's been like dropping on me for, oh, I don't know, probably six or seven years. I kept on coming back to it and modeling all that. Long story short, I mean, every step I took brought me five steps closer. And all of a sudden it's like, everyone I talked to about this idea had that same idea, but didn't take the steps. Wow. Because I took the steps, amazing things happen. So the, the big answer is, I mean, I'm just, I'm telling you right now, this is a divine moment and a divine calling and a divine movement of what we just created. Because yeah. the things, and I'll share you know, through podcasts, like the things that have happened to get the golf tanks where they were is like, you couldn't have scripted this thing. Yeah, I mean, you could have scripted like all the things that have happened that were, you thought were crap that end up being, oh my gosh, that cleared the path, right? that actually cleared the path for us to go make this thing happen. And it's actually set us apart. So it's, it truly is a divine calling. And again, there's a reason why we call it the sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I had a domain register before I kind of put this back. Yeah, I called like a speakeasy, which is more bar model. And then when right. I lost that one, you know, the word, again, a download that God tap. It's not a, it's not a speakeasy. It's a sanctuary. Yeah. We need a sanctuary, especially as leaders, executives and all that. Not only for, for ourselves.
0: You know? Yeah. Well, I just. From what I know of uh, c Easy and Sanctuary, right? Like, let's just go into this for a half second because I think it's actually super applicable to entrepreneurs everywhere. And it bases off of what you already said about kind of like everything working together in life. And I reference work-life balance. For, for Gathering the Kings, it's really been, I got my family mastermind shirt on today. We just got back from Bermuda because it's about vacations. It's about vacationing with other awesome people like Billy and his family. It's about marriage. It's about parenting. We did sessions on the actual cruise and the island in Bermuda about parenting marriage and how that all ties into business. It's like, okay, so I I see what I'm doing. I see what you're doing, but for the listener, really what you're talking about is this wholesome perspective because as entrepreneurs, there is no off switch, right? And it's not like I can just go, down to the speakeasy, which is secretive and it's over here, whether it's my business that I treat like this or whether that's my family that I treat like this. It's over here. It's down down in a cellar. Nobody knows about it. It's dark and quiet and, and, and it's secretive, right? As opposed to when you think of a sanctuary, you think of bright lights and big windows and, and like we, this is how we do life and this is part of who I am, my identity, my, my beliefs, right? So speak to some of this because I think we're, we're putting some magical stuff
1: here. So you get back to the sanctuary is like it wasn't my word. I mean, it, it came to me. It's a complete downward. So think about it, especially in the middle of COVID, you know, I had to work this for seven years, maybe eight years, maybe nine years. I can't remember, like it all runs together way pre 2019. We're to model it out. And My background is lending, is trying to financially model the thing out, and make it profitable. And right. It didn't hit me until 2019 in an opioid coma up from my shoulder surgery that this is it. It made all sense. Yeah, and I modeled it out, made sense. But yeah, the, the whole idea there of, uh, especially in the middle of COVID, as an entrepreneur, you just need a place to go exhale. Yep. Think of masterminds, like you're around your people, but it's so small and intimate and, and just, it's, a, it's an investment, it's pricey. The yeah. same thing about why people join country clubs, but they can't. They need, they need a common language. Yeah. For you and I, it's real estate, entrepreneurship. Right. For others, it could be something else. But to get that business community, that family community together, you needed a bigger common language called golf and food, yeah. and not just any kind of food and not just any kind of golf. Like you, we elevated it because that's what we wanted to attract. Yeah. So that whole idea of being able to check out your celebrity status. Now tell this, like when you, when you come to Golf Sanctuary, you may be Chaz out here in podcast land and you're high five and up on stage being rah rah and all that. When you walk in the Golf Sanctuary, you're just Chaz and you can hang out with just Billy and just Eddie and just right. Brian and just you know we're just real yeah and you able to just exhale and go man i can just check it out the door i'm just i have my safe space yeah and i can bring my family here and i can do business here if i choose i can do life here if i choose but it is a truly a sanctuary and when you walk into that place and every subsequent location we open i'm very adamant about when you walk in you feel like you get a big hug from an old friend. Yeah. You just have that, like, this is what I've been missing. This is what I've been missing.
0: Yeah. There's a uniqueness. It's not just community. Yes. That's a big part of it actually for both of us, but it's another level. It's intentionality. It's authenticity. It's, you know, creating a space that uh, creates or gives way for emotion for people who aren't always allowed to. And, and I put myself in that category. I'm not a, a very emotional person, but in the traditional sex. But what I know is that it's lonely at the top. We've all heard that. What I know is that most entrepreneurs, most meaning all, create themselves an island. Very naturally, actually, because they're building a business. They're not like anybody else in their world. My church buddies aren't like me. My high school buddies aren't like me. My fill in the blank. And so they're, therefore, I'm different. I can't share things with my team. All, at least all of them I can't share all of them with my wife like there is a certain island that gets built and so when you say sanctuary or when you say a peace, or when you say like a deep breath exhale. Exhale. exhale
1: that's real it's real yeah you let the guard down and I, I learned some of this again the whole thing I touched on you know Slumdog Millionaire and all that the whole thing I learned from this my other background in you know, Oklahoma is wrestling so Oklahoma State University Wrestling is, a, wow. you know, it was until recently a Mecca for wrestling. I grew up inside the wrestling room. I actually interned at USA Wrestling in Colorado Springs. So wow. I, I, I was like, I was the first, I'm the first golfer actually on the Olympic site. So, what <laughs> the Olympics. but I interned at the wrestling, but my peer group was wrestlers and Olympic athletes and right. seeing their work ethic and I don't know how many gold medals I've worn around my own neck from friends that have won gold medals. And you know what their common language is when they go and do stuff to go relax, What they fish and they golf Yeah, and their buddies, they don't want to be around other, they need to be around other people, but like, they're going to go do that with other peer groups of something different other than wrestling and working out all that. And they can go talk about this, but they're actively doing something else. That's why you get invited to go play golf. And it's absolutely, you know, if you play, it's good, but like, I mean, it's a hit index of, I don't know, a hundred a day. Yeah, And I don't have six hours. And if you're awful golfers, I'm not going to take you my golf course. It's going to kick your ass. It's a right. hard golf course, you know, after six hours and, you know, by the third hole, you're miserable. And I can't raise money for me because you're miserable. You're hot, you're sweaty and all that. It's like, yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> but we want to have that community. You know, you want to yeah. have that something go like, like common like versus just sitting across from each other, having lunch. Right. Dear God, of I, don't invite me down to lunch. Please don't. I hate, I hate lunches. I hate lunch meetings. Let's get active. Yeah, we're both active guys. Let's get active because when you do something with somebody, that's right, you share an experience, you're forever bonded. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's almost those exact words. We just did an in-person event in Georgia, and you know we had probably thirty entrepreneurs and some spouses were there as well. And uh, one of the parts of the recap video that we had made, one of the entrepreneurs is like, "Yeah, we we went on like a six-mile hike and we did all these things." But you're talking about being active and how we bonded over the experience. And so each one of us experienced the hike differently, not only just the actual hike or the other activities that we're doing, but inside of that, we had awesome discussion points and, and really created some awesome moments of like people really thinking and sharing. And so people experienced those things different ways and then to be able to share it, it was almost like what you just said in, in like verbatim turks. Tell me just for a half second, because what we're talking about might to the listener feel a little bit woo, right? A little bit frou-frou. <laughs> I mean, right? Cause like we're going yeah, there right? and like yeah. charge the hell and and I'm definitely down. Like I, I get pumped up when I think about like that part of being a king, right? But the emotional intelligence of a king is also just as important. And what, that's really what we're talking about. Not only the emotional intelligence of like being self-aware and knowing what we need and and, a, and a exhale, but also surrounding ourselves with other people that value the same thing. So for that person listening right now, that's feeling like having an experience together at a golf sanctuary or on a hike, Yeah, how is that beneficial to me as an entrepreneur?
1: It is. I mean, it is the essence of what it means to be a community because the great book says where there's two, there I am that sharing that spiritual experience, you cannot be on an Island. I isolated myself for a long, long time golf, you know, it's what you do. You're there to kick everyone's ass. So, right. you're not there to go be a friend. That's not what it's about. That's not what life's about. It's meant to be shared. And the stuff that you know and the stuff I know together, it's not a one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals one million. Yeah. Because you can share, we'll say one thing. I'll give you an example. Like I had a friend that's in Memphis and she texted me, said there's a tornado went through and there's she's a single woman, didn't know how to go handle some of this stuff. And I just gave her some advice going, well, think about this. Now, my my thought didn't solve her problem, but it spurred a question That's right. in her that she's able to ask another question that led her to, to the solution. Yeah. One thing. And saved her probably
0: $15,000 yeah. right
1: there. And it's not because I'm like a genius, but it's just I listened to my gut and I kind of shared it and I was open about it. Same thing with these uh, those hikes and experiences. It is for you, but it's not for you. Yeah. For the collective. It's for the collective. It is for the, the greater good because if I help you, you help your tribe. Yeah. That's right. And my little help to your tribe means like, oh my gosh, that means the world to me because I gave a little bit of me. I can't change the world, but I can change a little bit. Yeah. I can't impact everyone, but I can impact one person who maybe will impact others, who maybe will impact others, that ripple effect.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: And stop living on an island.
0: Yeah. The community piece and the ripple effect are real, especially as an entrepreneur listening right now. They're thinking that maybe they haven't built a big business yet. Maybe they have. Maybe they got a couple hundred million dollar business and they're on an island. The reality of it is, is that that person who's on an island doesn't realize the actual impact that they have. Yes, of course, their team and their family; those are big. Don't get me wrong, but the impact that can be had on the collective, coming to Golf Sanctuary, joining a mastermind group like Gather the Kings, or being in a local community, helping your, uh, you know, nonprofit of choice. Like all of those things are what a king does because they realize the ripple effect. And it's like just one little afternoon working on a house through Habitat for Humanity or doing pushups like we're going to do in July, 1776 pushups for the wounded warrior. You know, like all of these things that we do because we have influence and impact one person and then another and then another and then another. And I think we just disregard, or maybe we don't fully realize what that influence really is, or the value of the influence. Would you agree?
1: There's not anyone that, that I've met that diminishes their own influence. I do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, we 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 as athletes have been trained to be the dumbest people in the room, and right? entrepreneurs. If you're always the dumbest person, you suck like up knowledge, and therefore, like we okay. tend to feel like we're the dumbest person in every room because we're designed to be that. Well, that every room we go into it levels us up. That's right. Well, we have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge through that to be shared. And I had to myself all the time. So the hardest thing and the first thing you learn in emotional intelligence is, you know, your value is value, not based on what you think. Yeah. You share, especially if you tapped into that woo-woo stuff, like what, if you listen and just trust that the words you're going to say is going to be fact impactful, they will land and be impactful. Yeah. It's not up to you to be how it is. Like those seeds will land and may not take roots in, but like if you speak life, That's it's, right. it's, 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 uh, it's amazing what happens and just gotta sure. be open to that because everyone can be used for the greater good. Yeah.
0: Well, and to your point, there'll be good or bad seeds, right? There'll be a good impact or a bad impact, one or the other, it's really just your choice. You're going to make an impact one way or the other. You've said a couple of things that lead me to believe that uh, that we share a commonality here. You've used the phrase infinite intelligence and you've used a, you didn't say this, but you basically shared the definition in your community example there of spurring her onto another thought of masterminding, all from Napoleon Hill's Thinking We're Rich. And it's an agitation of mind. It's a, it's a download, all of these things. And so tell us, is that, is that a book that you've read Is that, is this
1: principle, the thirteen principles and the 31 failures that you live by? Like give us some more here. So every January I read Thinking to Rich. Sometimes I start in December, every January, December, I I, I read it and I have for the last probably five years, uh, maybe six years just to go through it because it spurs things. Yeah. It really spurs and every time I read, like, I I see something new. I actually have my dad's copy from the early nineteen sixties. Wow. And of course now that I'm almost fifty, like the the print's too small. So someone actually got me at like, the large print for for Christmas. So it was a it was a great gift. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, you know, it's like four words per page. I don't know
0: if you've I don't know if you held them outside next to each other. They changed it.
1: They did, yes. I I had them side by side. So like some stuff was like, was that actually in the original text or not? Some stuff is materialistic. Some stuff isn't. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to overall, but I mean, the whole idea of infinite intelligence, you know, and dialing our radio frequencies, you got to remember like when that book was read we go down some, sorry, this path about, about Napoleon Hill, totally. like when that book was read, like radio waves were just coming out right. stuff. He's talking about now, like a hundred years later, like we're doing this now. Right. We're communicating on a level through electricity. Right. Across the globe. Yeah. yeah. Face to face. Oh. And they were talking about that back then. And they just, they, they kind of thought it was crazy. The other book was, I don't know if you read this one, Outwitting the Devil.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a favorite.
1: For, for those that have not read that one yet and may struggle with a little bit of mental health issues. Read that one that will lift your lid yeah. massively. When you go read through that thing. And that's, that is just as meaty and staky as, as Thinking Grow Rich.
0: Yeah. I actually had a, had a client of mine this morning, text me and ask if I had heard of that book and it, now, if I had suggested he'd read it. And I said, actually, I love the book. It's one of my favorites, but I knew how many times he's read Thinking Grow Rich. I think it's maybe only once or twice. And so I actually said, don't, don't read that one yet. Go back to Think and Grow Rich and read that one again. And and so like you, I, I read it every September. Actually this year I've read it a couple times already just because I'm in that season of like, okay, I'm really getting things that are fine for things that I'm uh, working on. What would be your takeaway? I mean, you've given us several already, but for the person listening right now that's heard about it, never read it or read it once, like I did the very first time 10 or 12 years ago and was like, what in the world is this? And I kind of like disregarded it for a few years. What would you say to that person?
1: So I actually kind of found my own little system formula for achieving what I want through that and through a little bit of some, some masterminding stuff and, and some, you know, actually, for shocker, I just watched the secret first time in my life, like six months ago. Sure. I'm, I'm in a book with John Assaraf. I know about the law of attraction, but actually never watched it. And then watched the movie that kind of goes along with it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So. Anyway, I'll, I'll boil this down to like the three things that I do to go change my goal. So, so one is a vision board? And you got to have it very simple. You can't have it cluttered. Yeah. And, he, and I put it on top of my TV. Now my daughter's six and moves it to go watch Netflix, but <laughs> I have my vision board there for that. And I just keep like four areas that are really important to me. Everything else falls in place on my vision board, but just kind of that attraction to that and seeing myself in there. Yeah. The second one is the auto suggestion. So every morning before I go work out, I, I read the, my affirmations and, and all yeah. that speaking and i grew up in a household where words did not matter especially as man That's a whole other subject but our words are powerful yeah they are the words we say and the words we don't say yeah you know that's why we deal you know, there's a big call out there to silence men yeah and when we stay silent it's awful so the silence there not only speaking life into others but speaking life in ourselves that's right. And speaking what we need to hear and believe and all that and speaking that out there to, to track that. And the third thing I actually learned was was pretty pretty amazing. And this is, it kind of reminds me of like golf too. There's a whole bunch of like golf psychology books that came out in the 90s that, that I read. But I actually put this down, actually did this, that our brain does not know if it actually happened or not. That's right. So I write a letter to myself, posted, dated 1231 of this, like this year, 2023, Right. gratitude with the things that I want to accomplish as if they've already happened as
0: if they've already been done. Yeah.
1: And that freaks out your brain so bad because like, wait a minute, this hasn't happened. It's going to go to work on how it goes happens. It's amazing what, what happens when, when you do that. Yeah. I so you do it. So I do those three things right there. And it's, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but it draws everything to you. The law of attraction, so fighting for it. You're just patient. The universe is working crazily on your behalf to go achieve those things that God's put in your heart.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of complexity or that could come across as complexity in what we're talking about. But boiled down is what you pay attention to tends to happen. And, and uh, what you look for, you tend to find. And so what, what Bill has given to you here as a listener, I want to encourage you that not only I've done these same things for, for years and years and years now, but I've been able to look back I can find a piece of paper and go, oh my goodness, this was, is this was something I was reading five years ago. And all of these, this is like mind blowing to the T. And there's a lot of like woo around attraction or belief or whatever. it's like, look, what you put your mind towards, you then begin to train your subconscious. Your subconscious is what controls all of your daily actions, 95%. And so the way that I walked up the stairs today, the way that I pressed the record button here today with Billy, the way that I sat down in this chair, the way that I'm sitting right now with my legs crossed, like all of that is subconscious. But I can rewire how and why I do those things based on what I feed myself. And that's, that's what Billy's that's saying. It. So all the things that you just gave are super practical. I love all of them. We should just do a podcast just on this. Yeah. And I've had a couple of other guests where we just need to do a, we need to do a, a thingy-very-rich round, round table. Round
1: table, yeah.
0: Yes. I'm down for that, yep. I, I think that that would be pretty cool. But for the listener's sake right now, I want them to be able to walk away with something practical, which is look, identifying what you want. And yes, it can be material, it can be something physical, but it can also be conceptual, meaning peace in your home, or and then visualize what does peace look like? What does it look like coming into your home and, and things being peaceful or quiet or, or harmony in between you and your wife or in you your children or whatever that looks like? You can have whatever those things are in your heart that, like I said, that you can have. It's just a matter of articulating them in enough detail and emotion on a regular basis that your subconscious starts to take action.
1: Emotion is the key part of it.
0: Yeah, it really is. is.
1: That is is the the fuel. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know,
0: I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer mastermind group specifically for seven- to nine-figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven- to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine figure business, even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. So keep us moving here because I, I could, um, I really want to keep going. on don't think you're rich, but for the sake of this show, no. <laughs> let's, not, let's not, I want to know the good decision that you made. So you built wonderful place called golf sanctuary and we've yeah. talked about all the benefits and the, the just incredible impact that you're having, but I want to know the good decision practically inside of building it. That's led to you a lot of your success.
1: Oh, uh, that's a good question. The Good decision. Wow. Is just. I mean, being faithful, I mean, cause everyone has ideas. Yeah. I'll tell you this, and this is, this is where we get a little deeper on it. I'm sorry, like, like there's no, we go as deep as you want to go, Shaz. But so 2019, things were rocking, absolutely rocking. I actually left my W2 job. we got on my own right. and had like everything lined up Do the lending. Things were looking great. With some masterminds, I talked about this as it, it was like sitting on my heart. And of course, people don't understand what the hell I was talking about. I was like, whatever. You talk about lending. We can understand that. But like, right. thinking, what is that conceptually? And I, I couldn't really formulate it. Yeah. But uh, figuring it out and in March of 2020, we had a lunch and learn scheduled. So I had like 25 people RSVP early March. That didn't happen. two days. <laughs> be- yeah. Well, wait, it was actually before all this. So hold on. Okay, okay, okay. So two days before driving home with Tzatziki's and we got T-boned. So hit my daughter's side, to destroy the car. Oh. Next day was a tornado in East Nashville, it killed 22 people. And it had, I lost 20 people who were going to come because like they had real estate, they had her helping or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, the, the people showed up and honored. Like, thank you for coming. Let's just talk through this. It went pretty good. The weekend after that, a storm came through and took out our power and all our food for four days. Wow. Oh. The week after that started COVID. Yeah. I was on a podcast and we, I had a suspicion that capital markets were going to shut down. But I texted all my lenders. and was a podcast virtually, obviously. It was like, hey, is this program I'm talking about still available? And I said, yes, yes, yes. two said no. And I'm in the middle of the podcast to talk to, you know, 150, 200 people. And I get a text message going, capital markets are shut down. I lost a quarter million dollars in commissions just like that. Wow. And then, you know what, the hell just broke loose after that. And after that, you're like, what What just happened? Yeah. Like, what literally just happened? I have this great, I think they're going great. And then, like, the world just went, Yep. And I was married at the time, well, my then wife, and now ex, we're still on great terms. But uh, you know, we're just sitting there talking, I was getting real and I almost went to a little pity party and then you know, I said, F it, I said, I'm going down, I'm going down swinging, like, we're going forward to the golf sanctuary. And it's like, because by then my hunch told me that by the time we got something up and running, we'd be on that backside of this thing where everyone else would pause. Right. And I also, we we're the companies that grew out of the great depression. Yeah. I knew yeah. that history from the stuff that we, we read in, I think NeuroRich and others. Like those seeds, the smallest companies that grew and that and grew roots deep, right? Flourished when it's time to flourish. Yeah. So we went forward with it, and all of a sudden, everything like opened up. I mean, a faithfulness, that great decision, that faithfulness to take that next step was amazing. It was yeah. hard as hell, God, as hard as hell. Yeah. But. We, we took the steps and, and it's, we're even the rewards right
0: Yeah, that you, you gave a great picture there. I don't want to dissect it too much. The story kind of did it on its own, but the thing for the listener here is that we all have these moments and actually we have them repeatedly to go in uh, again and again, all in actually, not in, but all yeah, in. in. And so I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure that moment was like extremely vulnerable. And like you said, it was like a little bit of a pity party. And then you kind of just said, you know what? here's what we're doing. And if we're going, if we're, if we're referencing back to thinking we're rich, that was your definiteness of purpose. It was like clear as day, boom, I've decided. And that's what the listener can take away from this scenario is that when you've decided something, it it is, unless you don't believe it. But a lot of times, if you can couple, that's where that emotion comes in. If you can couple the belief or the emotion with the decision. It just It's just a matter of time. And so that's that kind of in essence. The approach you took was, I don't know. I don't think we're gonna take out. I'm gonna build this thing. Well, hopefully, we're gonna catch the back end of this, which you did, and so great job on the hush there. But man, it's not always easy. And definitely in that moment where you're just like, "We're gonna do this," but I don't have a clue what it looks like.
1: No, there's that faithfulness. The faith is like I I knew. You just know. I mean, I don't know what what else like. You just know. You I have complete faith that that next step was gonna be lined out to me. That's what it says. You know, like you, sure. Every you will make your path straight. Yeah. Flat. I mean, not necessarily like easy, but yes. you know, he'll, he'll take the, you know, you just take one step. The next step will reveal to you. That's all we again back to the, the stuff we know about chasing dreams and goals, all that, I just I take yeah. one step towards that and go. And the, one thing I want to say about the decision, and this goes back to, to my ex as well and give her complete credit for this. She says this often, is it a thought or is it a decision? Thoughts come and go. Decisions are powerful.
0: Yeah. Wow. you make thought.
1: that decision. You know, it's amazing how the universe conspires in your favor.
0: Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, what about a bad decision that you made that you can look back on and go, ah.
1: So there are, so kind of like referencing like Robert Kiyosaki, you know, he he says there's no, there's three sides of the coin. There's the heads, the tails, and on top, and there's no, there's no good, no bad. Right. You know, so everything works in our favor. So there's, there's decisions that I made that did not work out.
0: Yeah. Give us one of those.
1: Actually, here's one right here. You like this one. The decision to start small. This actually is more applicable. Real estate investors start small, start a single family home, right. work your way up, learn. And the bad decision there, which I got caught on was, and actually called out on was like, you cannot have the community that you want and attract your clientele thinking this small. Right. In fact, one of my mentors that I look, really appreciate dearly comes from a fluency sat down with me he's golf nut he actually kind of knew about the concept and and i just i talked to him i showed some concepts he goes super nice super gracious and just looked at me and smiled he goes this is great but this is really not some place i can go see myself interesting my friends yeah so that's that's a nice way of saying your place sucks (laughs) and level up
0: keep going or keep iterating
1: keep iterating level up yeah. And, and then the back to the go big or go home type of, uh, of thing, and I was like, okay, message received. So I went back, reiterated, found a different property that was bigger, It's big risk. Oh my gosh. It was just like big way of us to get signed this lease, person guarantee everything. You know, here you go. Here wow. it is. We're going to go do this and bring on the team. And uh, yeah, fortunately I got a CEO that's fantastic and call him a co-founder because he took my, my concept and elevated a thousandfold. Yeah. That's awesome. First hire. And so we went big and it, it's paid off. So some things you do need to proof of concept on. Yeah, Some things you just go, this is not our clientele, right? You are not going to have a mastermind at Motel six to prove yeah. it can work.
0: Yep. That's right.
1: Cause like I, my first iteration of this, it was a poor decision was I don't drink much. So I didn't see the value of having alcohol there in the common language of alcohol. And right. great food. I was like, okay, we're just going to have like the basics, thinking small, thinking too small. Yeah. And I got called out on it and we hired an executive chef that's amazing, brought on some of the most, the greatest connoisseurs of wine and bourbon and all that. So we had the best of the best. Yeah. When we had the best of the best. Guess who you attract. Yeah. The best. The people appreciate that stuff. That's right.
0: There's quality that you're attaching to big thinking.
1: I mean, our clientele do not think small. I got called out on. I was like, you're thinking too small. Which yeah. is like goes back to like, I'm going to cry in a corner here. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been thinking too small all my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was
1: trying to be humble.
0: Right. Right. Like
1: that's, that doesn't serve anyone. Being humble and thinking small does not serve me. Yeah. And does not yeah. serve others.
0: There's a gap. There's a gap in mindset before you can get what you just express, And you probably were there. Before you got called out and possibly this is where the listener is where, you know, whatever, it's the amount of money or the style of business that they do or the product that they offer currently is big thinking for that. But the reality here is that there's always another level. I'm sure that your original plans were big in comparison to some other people because other people weren't even doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I my encouragement here, because we hear think bigger all the time. Think bigger, think bigger, think bigger. And it's not necessarily that you're sitting down and you can't brush off that, well, I'm already taking risks. I'm already a big thinker. It's like, no, actually. Like I'm personally right now, I'm hearing Billy and Chav Wolf is going, yes, okay. I'm already a pretty big thinker, but I need to think bigger and I need to level up again. How, what are the areas? How can I think bigger? So of thinking, you know, that, when I was 23 or 24 and made 250,000, like that was like, whoa, on top of the world. But that would be like not a good year at the current Mm -hmm. moment at all. Like that would be really, really disappointing. And, And so you have to just continue to realize that there's always another level. And so that's where the humility comes in, but it's not humility from an angle of like staying low and thinking small. It's humility going, I know there's more. And like, I look at around guys like Billy and other guys that you got around. They're like,
1: "Oh no, I would never go there." Even you're like, "Oh my gosh, what?" Right? Yeah, and it's it's that it's that thinking may not be it's a, a different level, a different iteration, getting granular on it. The the term I use because we were kind of struggling with what membership. And again, for for listeners, like we, we filled up in the middle of COVID in 15 months from zero to 300 memberships, over 700 on the roster in 15 months.
0: That's yeah. unheard of.
1: We pulled off more things than anyone else have even thought of. And like the tomorrow golf and all that, they're talking about this. We've already done what they're talking about twice. We'll do three times before they even open up. Wow, already done it. So that type of like thinking of like, we're just gonna iterate and do this. But what the key moment, pivotal moment was we're struggling memberships this time last year. And looking at different properties to expand this thing. Cause I knew where we're going. Like we, I know this is a movement. You just know it. It's a movement. The things that have happened, like this is a movement. We're just all on the ride and being a good steward of it. Came back from looking at a property. I'm like, nah, this area is like, it's just meh. Came back in, had to use the bathroom. And we had four or five C suite guys from a Fortune 50 company, multi, multi, multi national, multi billion dollar company in my facility, geeking out, giddy. It is like freaking Disneyland for them. Yeah. And I walked in, I went, what the hell are we doing? It's like that right there just showed me right there. I now know who we serve and why. Right. And so find the people that are giddy about you. Yeah. That's your avatar. And maybe take it up a level as far as like what they're, the problem you're solving for them. Sure. Know why that's important to them, the value that you're, you're placing on that. And then maybe take it to another level. You don't have to go zero to a hundred million, but just like maybe take it like one or two more levels past your comfort zone. They're going to go stretch it just a little bit and right. think about that. But knowing who you serve and why the value you bring for solving their problems, it was key going, Oh my gosh, the problems we solve for these guys yeah, and their families getting back to that alignment was huge. It was like all of a sudden, they got clear on everything. Went, oh my gosh, this takes the decision-making off my plate. This right. takes the, like all the things I have to do as far as the client entertainment, the event space, the time away from my family. It's all right here. Yeah. The decisions that I and my team have to go make are gone. Yeah. Now you're to focus on solving problems.
0: Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's good parlay. My next question here, I wanted, I wanted to bring that back up. The work-life obsession, this community, yeah. this wholesome perspective of uh, this is how we just do life. Because you're doing it inside of, you know, a physical location as well as around a um, centric value of golf. What does that mean for you first? And then I want you to be able to express to some of your clients that how have you been able to obsess about family and life as well as work at the same time? And then give that same picture for, for your clients inside of your
1: business. Oh, we're all obsessed. I mean, every entrepreneur is obsessed. If you're not obsessed, you're not an entrepreneur. You have to be obsessed. But the, that obsession of, we especially the good guys, we want to serve everybody at a high level all at once and can't. Right. That hurts. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to be a great family man, trying to be a great dad, great leader, great money raiser, great, you know, protect my health, all that. Damn, it's hard. Yeah. But you got to over it sober and there's some sacrifice you got to make. Yeah. But man, that obsession is it's where the alignment comes. You know, you got to find some things that align, align with you. One of the great things I, I saw from a friend was he's a cheap person because he's a real estate investor, you know, like that's what you do. And he goes, I'm trying to portray myself as a, go raise money. And I'm out here working at the $25 jam. He's like, what am I doing? He's like, my people I need to interact with, that community I need to be with is not here that it's a lifetime. Right. So we you join Lifetime and I don't know how much money he have raised there because he started getting into that community. Yeah. You put them aside and say that's a value for me. That's a trade-off for me. Like, well, if I need to get there, like this is not serving me. Right. So those are the things as far as the recession is like questioning the things in your life. Like, is it serving me and serving my goals? Or is it preventing me from achieving them? Yeah. And, and those values and really keeping it simple. on the four things, like, I don't, you know, when I sit down, I did my goals and vision and all that. And I actually had a couple of days. Just literally sat down with like four or five pieces of paper in my house, on my couch and just downloaded everything. I was like, what is important? The things I wanted to go do, the things I want to go do with my daughter and still on her. And just, I got these papers everywhere, write it down, come back, rewrite it, t- define it. And then it comes down to like the most important things. It, co- it takes four or five hours That's right. over a couple of days, but then it really becomes obsessive over like that's clarity. What is the most important things for me is like, I'm going to spend my time on some yep. stuff's frivolous, some stuff's like, oh my gosh, like this provides complete clarity for my life. And now I can obsess over that and say, no, Darren Hardy has a great, a great quote is that he uses for his life. Everything's a no until it's a hell freaking yes. Yeah, right? it's good. But you got to know what your hell freaking yes is. Yeah. That's the key.
0: That's right. Yeah. I've used that same language around hiring. Like guess I've. I've not applied it to life, although what you've talked about as far as does it serve me and those are some of the same words that I use. And if it doesn't, then it's just an absolute no, basically. But no. in order to know that it's an absolute no or that it's a no yes, you got to know what it is. What is it that you want? What is it that you're going towards? And, and then, then you can determine, does it serve me? And then it's, it's a yes or no. Yeah. Billy, I got one last question here for you. I want to know if you had the opportunity to reach back at a time and whisper in that younger Billy's ear,
1: what would you say? Oh, uh, we do not have, that's a whole episode right there, man. Virtual intelligence, man, there's some deep places I can go on this one. Belief is one.
0: Yeah. What would you say? Just, just the word belief or what would you give a, would you give some structure to that? What would you say?
1: You know, this is a tough one because I can literally go down a rabbit hole because I've been thinking about this a lot. The, the, the lies that I embraced growing up. Yeah. And that may be one of the things is like, this thing is I don't embrace the lies. Yeah. Do not embrace the lies. Do not, Do not. in that word embrace, like you bring into yourself other people's lies yeah. from a church community from people that, I don't know where they are now, but they, they have had so much weight on my life. Right. That I took in their beliefs and their, their beliefs were mine for many, many, many years and decades. Yeah. And that scarred me and kept me from serving others and achieving my greatness. Yeah. And it's still, I'm just now getting out of that. So that's like, don't embrace the lies. So know what truth is, know what your truth is, know the truth about the value you bring, even though you don't think that you're being there is like, it's all going to work out. Yeah. yeah.
0: I can tell from your answer there that you're right. We could probably go a little ways, but appreciate the pretty clear answer. I think that that one word belief is really what keeps people. And I even told you that before we hit the record button here, I want to transfer courage. Courage and belief are, are very similar in that way where it's like, I want the listener to hear what you just said and go, okay, what are those things that I believe that maybe I don't really believe, but, the, but they're on me. And I'm living underneath that belief simply just because I haven't clarified what it is that I actually believe. And so those are, those are deep, those are deep work conversations and I appreciate your ignition to the listener to go explore those things. How can we yep. find you? So number one, where are you located? Physically, maybe somebody's listening and wants to come visit, or maybe they're in the area, they want to become a member. And then also, how
1: can we connect with you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I'm actually in Nashville, Tennessee. We got a little bit going on here. Two-thirds of the country's moving here because it's pretty cool, cool place. I just have a website that kind of you know, is an aggregator of everything, and I've got connect with me. It's billybrown.me, and they can learn about my lending company and learn about the Golf Sanctuary and maybe some links to podcast on there and all that. That's a place is like a fill out a form. like and talk about what do you want to go be, do, and golf sanctuary, whatever. Golf sanctuary one, if you're an issue golfer in, in this area or it's the com, and we are growing nationwide. So we just released a big capital raise. So maybe come to a city near you.
0: That's awesome. Well, you've been incredible. Thank you for giving just straight experience and knowledge and, and raw emotion. We appreciate the story and, and insight. We wish you nothing but blessing and success and all the things that you have your hand to, it sounds like you're already pretty set and determined. So we already know how it's going to turn out.
1: It's amazing. I I appreciate the conversation. And I know this is not the last one we're going to have.
0: That's right. Absolutely.
1: Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings
0: today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or three hundred other very successful seven eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone and so gathering the kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs in fact we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1000 Kings. Talk soon.